0: purpose they stitch people together if all that sounds good to you visit american-giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code staple20 at checkout that's 20% off your first order at american-giant.com with promo code staple20
1: Welcome to It's a Crime I'm Linda and today we're going to be talking about a cold case that's been unsolved for the last 9 years it's about a 36-year-old woman named Jolene Cote who played soccer one night in a tournament, her team won, she spent a little bit of time celebrating with her team, and then on the way home, she decided to stop at a Walmart to do some shopping. This was the last time that she was seen alive. Authorities ruled it as a homicide. It is a bit of a peculiar case, and Authorities have recently stated that it is solvable, but before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell to all. Please share this video out where you can, this crime still is unsolved. Now, let's get into it. Here is Jolene Cote. She's from a small town called Spruce Grove, Alberta in Canada. She's a mother of two children who at the time were four and six years old when she died. Her children were her world. She was also a wife at the time to a man named Mike Cote. Jolene was a grade 9 teacher at a local high school and well loved by everyone. She was found deceased on October 13, 2011. The town she lived in, Spruce Grove, Alberta, is a small town with a population of 26,171 people in 2011. Jolene lived with her family on an acreage with not many neighbors. Now let's get into the timeline. On Wednesday, October 12th, 2011, at 6.57 p.m., Jolene attended an indoor soccer game to play in a tournament with her team called the Spruce Grove Saints. It was at a place called the Edmonton Soccer Association West Center. The soccer center is approximately 20 minutes from Spruce Grove. The team won gold that night, went upstairs in the center and celebrated by eating some cake with their teammates. Her teammate said that Jolene was in her usual good mood. One team member said she was up there smiling and laughing. And we were all on a bit of a high. Now, in an interview that I found that was dated October 2013, which is two years after Jolene's death, her husband, Mike Cote, said he was planning on joining Jolene that night but decided not to because it was late and their four-year-old was cranky. He said he told his wife to wake him if she felt like celebrating and he stated he later fell asleep reading to their two children in Jolene and Mike's bed. Here's what the article reads. Cote says he'd planned to go to the soccer game but decided not to because it was late and their four-year-old daughter was cranky. Instead, he says he told his wife to wake him if she felt like celebrating and later he fell asleep reading to their children in the couple's bed. I said I love you. Good luck. He says that was the last time I talked to her. Now, at 9.50 p.m. on Wednesday night, Jolene left the soccer center and stopped at Walmart on Stony Plain Road to do some shopping before heading home. In one article, it states that she was buying Christmas presents for her son and daughter. Now, it just takes under 10 minutes to drive to that Walmart from the soccer center, so if she traveled straight there, she would have arrived at around 10 p.m. Now, in the surveillance cameras, you can see Jolene enter the Walmart. There is a person blacked out in the footage, and in my research, it stated that it was a Walmart greeter. Jolene then buys a few items, according to the articles, and she leaves the store with a cart full of groceries, says another article. Here you can see her leaving the store with a full cart at 10.38 p.m. This is the last place she was seen alive. Now, when I first saw this surveillance video, I didn't think it was too odd when she was first walking in, but then when she was walking out, I did find it a little bit strange. The greeter gets up quickly and kind of follows her almost out, and then the footage stops, so you can't see if he actually, or this person, actually walked her out or just was, you know, chatting. I'm not saying it's anything nefarious going on, but it is a little close If it was a greeter, I found that was interesting, but perhaps she knew that person from maybe shopping there often. Just something I noticed, something to note. Authorities noted that Jolene wasn't followed home that night. So then Jolene loads up her vehicle with her items and drives home in her 2002 Silver Jeep Liberty. Now to get to Spruce Grove is approximately 20 minutes. The news reports though say she lived on an acreage and I found where she lived and it's a 12 minute drive from the Walmart. And when I look at the maps, you can see how spread out the neighbors are. And this is the latest map, keeping in mind her murder occurred nine years ago. So it's the most updated map. So we will say she arrives at her house at around the 11 p.m. mark by the time she loaded up her vehicle from Walmart, put the cart away, and if she didn't stop anywhere else. Here are some shots of her house. You can see it's a rural area. Now, the next morning on Thursday, October 13th, Mike Cote wakes up. He sees that Jolene isn't in the bed and is surprised by that because he says she usually carries the kids back to their own beds at night. He says he thought at first that maybe she was up marking students' work or cleaning. He said he didn't know anything was wrong until he went outside and found Jolene in the grass. Mike states that he then brought her into the house. And around 6 a.m., Mike Cote makes the call to 911. Now, in his interview, he states, I've never felt skin that cold. I didn't know what to do, how to protect her. I brought her in and I put a blanket on her. I put a towel on her head. She had a big gash on her head. Then at 6.20 a.m., police and medics arrive on scene. Jolene Cote was pronounced dead. Now, the medical examiner determined that Jolene was a victim of homicide. The staff sergeant told CTV News that Jolene Cote's blood was found outside and inside the residence. He says, we do believe that the murder happened outdoors. Now, what would be interesting to know is the time the medical examiner estimates uh, the time of Jolene's death. Was it at 11 p.m. at night, right when she arrived at the home, or was it in the early morning hours? I would be very curious to know. Now, the things that she bought that night before were still in her Jeep, and her purse and her cell phone were in plain view and not disturbed or taken. The staff sergeant states there were other valuable items such as her purse and her cell phone that were in plain view and those weren't disturbed or taken and so we don't believe that it was a robbery or a theft interrupted. Now one of the things that were reported missing were Jolene's wedding and engagement rings and a diamond pendant that Mike, her husband, gave her on their 10-year wedding anniversary suggesting a robbery. However, in the most recent interview, the authorities have determined it wasn't the case. Jolene was playing soccer that night and she wasn't wearing her jewelry. They also added that the evidence outside of the home didn't support the theory of a robbery. Interestingly, they did also note that the jewelry is still missing. Now, also in that recent interview, it was said that they're still looking for some items that are related and are outstanding, but they said they can't speak about it. And authorities also determined that Jolene wasn't followed, like I mentioned earlier, and they don't believe that she was randomly attacked. So investigators then started looking for someone with a grudge. But the staff sergeant said what they found is that there are no former students, associates, Anyone who would have anything but very glowing, positive things to say about Jolene. And Jolene's death was ruled a homicide, but the cause of death has never been released. The authorities are saying the cause of death is being withheld by the police to keep the integrity of the investigation. And the RCMP said in a news release, the investigation to date indicates that whoever attacked Jolene Cote was someone who had the intention to seriously harm or kill her. The evidence obtained by police does not support the idea that Jolene Cote interrupted someone in the midst of committing a robbery or theft at a residence. And the authorities searched the Cote home and property for days. Mike Cote said this in his interview. They went through my bank accounts, computers, phones. You feel absolutely violated. And the only thing I can tell myself is they're doing their job. And that's the only thing that gets me from not getting too angry with them. Now, by the third day on Saturday, October 15th, 2011, Parkland Search and Rescue was also involved. The search team walked side by side as they combed the property and a plane was also used to help in the search. Then by Friday, October 21st, there was around a thousand people that gathered for Jolene's funeral at the West Edmonton Church, including her husband Michael, her son and her daughter. And her uncle said Jolene Cote's legacy will be that she made everyone around her a better person. And one of the superintendents of the Parkland School Division said she's a wonderful, wonderful teacher who is deeply respected and loved and will be missed. Then two weeks later on Wednesday, October 26, 2011, Jolene Cote's mother, her two sisters, made a plea to the public begging anyone with information to come forward to the rcmp by october 29th 2011 they searched a body of water near their home and it was stated this was actually for the second time it's actually behind their home and in an article it states Although it was clear they found something police did not elaborate. And Sergeant Patrick Webb says, in this type of search we find all kinds of items, but whether it's anything of value or has any connection to the investigation is something to be determined later on. And in 2016, five years later, they actually went back to the lake and did another search for two days. Authorities stated, it's always difficult to search water area depending on the bottom of it, so we want to make sure we haven't missed something or see if there's something there that can be found with a more thorough search so we're going to spend a bit more time and see if there's anything there so the authorities have ruled it out as a robbery or a theft they also believe this wasn't any sort of random attack they said it's not a random interrupted crime in progress this was a targeted event now It also was said there is a misconception in the public that Jolene was murdered because she came home and interrupted a crime in progress. That is not the case and very inaccurate. It was also said that this was a very highly emotional crime.
0: We don't believe that the the crime that was committed is by um, a cold-blooded killer. The information at the scene, the evidence at the scene suggests to us that this was a highly emotional crime, and that there's some emotional link. And that emotion doesn't go away. It's going to bear on the person who's committed the crime for the rest of their life.
1: Now, Mike Cote has not been ruled out as a suspect in this investigation. And when he was interviewed, here's what he had to say about being looked at as a suspect. He says he knows police has considered him a suspect right from day one. He says, that's the first thing the police told me. I feel sick thinking about it. I can't let it bother me. The people who are close to me and know me know the kind of relationship we had. And when he was asked what he thought about those who may think he killed his wife, he said, if they're thinking that, they already have made their mind up. That's fine. They don't know me and they don't know my family. People are going to think what they want. Now, Mike Cote was in a relationship in 2013 and has married the woman and is now living in Mexico with his two children and her family. Mike has also declined a polygraph. The authorities said that they would like to talk to Mike again. They said it's been a couple of years since they've spoken to him. Now, in the recent interview, the staff sergeant made a very interesting point about the polygraph. Have a look.
0: Mm. You've been able to say that Mike Coté has not been ruled out as a suspect. I know you can't call him publicly a suspect. Can you tell us if the RCMP have suspects in this case?
2: Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest-growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: I think the the investigation is incomplete, and so we keep a very open mind to what new information will come to us. Um, In relation to Mr. Cote, he's provided us with a version of the events and that um, answers many of the questions that we have, but not all of them. Uh, We would encourage Mr. Cote and we've talked to him about doing a polygraph examination for us. And that is something that would give us a high level of confidence that, uh, that he's not involved Um, with our our polygraph examinations. uh, They're commonly called lie detectors. We would really prefer. And if you talk to an experienced polygraph operator, they'll tell you that a polygraph is a truth verifier. It's not a lie detector. And Mr. Cote has told us that he's not involved and that he's telling the truth. And we would like to use that tool that we often use to verify that truth with Mr. Cote. If he was willing to do that, that would then give us that high level of confidence that he's not involved. And then we can move on. Has he suggested that he's not willing to take a polygraph? we have brought that up with him and and it is a person's right it is a voluntary process and at this point he's expressed to us that he's not comfortable with that um, and and we understand that uh, when you talk about the polygraph and people's impression that it's a lie detector we do have people sit down with an experienced polygraph operator and they will explain this process and We find that in most cases, when a person sits down with the polygraph operator, they understand that an innocent person has nothing to fear from a polygraph test. That if they're telling the truth, the polygraph test will verify that truth and will be confident to move on. Um, And so that would be another thing that we would be interested in exploring with Mr. Cote is having him sit down with that polygraph operator and really fully understand what we're trying to get to with a truth of verification for him now
1: there were documents from a court case involving jolene's life insurance payouts and they include an rcmp letter to the court in june of 2014 indicating that mike has not been eliminated as a suspect in jolene's homicide and the last paragraph states At this point in the investigation, we have not been able to eliminate Michael Cote as being responsible for the murder of Jolene Cote. As this is an ongoing investigation, I am not able to reveal any further details. And the staff sergeant told CTV News that that still has not changed. He says there's additional questions and additional information that we would like to pursue with Mike Cote. And the RCMP say Mike cooperated with the investigation initially, but that he has since moved to Mexico with the couple's two children, has remarried, and is no longer in contact with investigators. Now, what's interesting is in that recent interview with the staff sergeant, he talks about the passage of time in cases, and he starts talking about people changing their minds and how they feel. Have a look.
0: Um, in the first instance, someone who has been told or someone who actually knows information, do you believe that person exists? Do you believe that person is out there? Yes, I do. I believe that it's very difficult for someone who has committed a crime like this to keep that to themselves, especially for an extended period of time. It will always be a burden on that person. Um, we don't believe that the, the crime that was committed is by um, a cold-blooded killer. The information at the scene, the evidence at the scene, suggests to us that this was a highly emotional crime and that there's some emotional link and that emotion doesn't go away. It's going to bear on the person who's committed the crime for the rest of their life.
1: There are still outstanding items to be found in this case and authorities are hoping to find them and have more pieces to fit into the puzzle. If anyone has information about Jolene's murder, they're to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477 or 1-800-222-TIPS or RCMP Stoney Plain Detachment at 780-968-7267. The tips can also be submitted online at crimestoppers.ab.ca. I will have the phone numbers and the link in the description below this video. There is also a $50,000 reward for information leading to the conviction of the person or people responsible for Jolene's murder. The family has recently been considering increasing the reward amount from the articles that I've read. Jolene was so very loved and deserves justice. Her sister describes the pain saying, it's like having open heart surgery and not getting stitched up afterwards, it's just always a raw wound that's there. and the family says we will always be there for her children. There have been memorial walks and memorial tournaments in honor of Jolene. And her sister says Jolene doesn't have a voice anymore, so they're her voice. Let's have a chit-chat below. Let me know what your thoughts are on this case. There's some very peculiar things going on. Let me know in the comments. Also, let me know if you like that I am starting to cover cold cases. I know it's been requested quite often, and so I'm diving in. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.